Hi, this is Lynette Nylander, host of NTS Radio's new podcast, Sounds and Style. Each week, I'll be chatting with some of culture's most influential figures, exploring how music and style links what we wear with who we are. Expect deep cuts into musical genres and fashion subcultures as my guests and I look at how the music they love has informed the work they make today. This season, I've been chatting with Lily Allen, Martine Rose, Mel Ottenberg, and many more. New episodes drop every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digging. Today's gardener is an accomplished musician, DJ and radio host. She will be familiar to listeners of NTS as the host of a weekly show where she plays music that moves her, be it spiritual jazz, classic Chicago house or contemporary electronic music. As a DJ, this eclecticism is something that lots of people appreciate about her and she pulls it off so well because of a real sense of quality control running through her selections. She's by no means a snob, but she has a true musician's ear, thanks in part to her upbringing. Born in London to musical parents, she began making music at the tender age of 13, and now she spends her time DJing in some of the most prestigious clubs around the world. And I never got into, like, pop and that. I never owned even, like, a Sugar Babes album or anything like that. Like, there's a lot of stuff that everyone else around me, especially being queer, I'm just like, no, I never got into it. I never did it because I was like collecting grime white labels when I was 14. I wanted to get her on the allotment, not just because of her talent and her accomplishments, but because I have the privilege of knowing her in real life. And let me tell you, to know her is to love her. She's funny and warm and for someone so young has a wise old head on her shoulders. I had high hopes for her gardening potential, although she said she's not had much experience. So off we went on an autumn day to plant leeks together, and I hope that you'll enjoy the outcome. Today, we're digging with Shaiwan. Hello, welcome Shaiwan to the allotment. Hi, it's, it's really good to be here. Great. I feel like I've been let into a secret underworld. <laughs> Honestly, I've, 
yeah, I've never been to an allotment. I always peek when I'm on the train and I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, it's like a secret club. And when you look at them, do you think, oh yes, I can't wait to get on one of those? I do. I kind of just fantasise or I just wonder, but I like to keep the mystery, so I've, you know, I've never gone out of my way. OK, well, hopefully this won't ruin the mystery for you. Shall I explain what we're going to do today? Yeah, please do. OK, so here on this patch is where we're going to be planting some leeks. Mm -hmm. So first things first, we're just going to sit and weed, just the little patch that we're going to do. Weeding is very easy. So, for example, here, mm -hmm. this little bit of grass, you want to get down as low on the plant as you can and pull it up so that you pull out the roots. OK. So as we do this, we can just have a bit of a chat. I wanted to ask you about the name Shy One. Yeah. I heard somewhere that you are not a fan. No, I hate it. So I started making beats when I was 14, and then uh, I had a different other silly name. That's when we sent them out on MSN. And I was like, I don't want people to know it's me. So I was like, let me just quickly pick some gender neutral anonymous name. And I was like, oh, shy one, like this person's shy, but really it wasn't really. Perhaps we should explain MSN for the youthful listeners. The Gen Zers. Um, who don't know what MSN is. Yeah, it was Microsoft Online Messenger Service. You download this app and you could add people with their username or email address and you could uh, chat to them and also send files. And this is what's really important because We'd send our tunes around, we'd send beats around or whatever, and that's how an instrumental would travel and maybe get picked up and vocaled by whoever. I'd just be at home in South Harrow and I'd send tunes to some MCs or some guys in Stratford. And that's how, actually, I ended up... Scratcher was the first label person to release me and one of the first people to play my stuff on radio and rinse. And it was through me sending tracks to some guys I'd never met over MSN, some beats, and then them taking them to the studio he was running at the time and vocaling them and then Scratcher being like, yo, who made these tunes? I need to get in touch with her. Them giving my MSN address to him and him hollering and asking for more tunes and then here we are today. That's crazy. And you were doing all of that as shy one so that people couldn't know the reality that you were like a 13-year-old girl from Harrow. Yeah, I mean, I still admit it I did because back then it'd be ASL, in it? Age, sex, location. So I'd be like 14F. South Harrow or Northwest. What a different use of MSN you were having than I was having. What were you doing? Like talking to boys. Oh, uh, yeah. See, that's what uh, normal girls my age were doing as well. <laughs> yeah. Not like <laughs> going to Uptime Records or, doing, or like <laughs> chatting to strangers and sending them instrumentals. Was there ever a concern when you sent your instrumental to someone? Was there ever a concern that they would take the instrumental as their own? No, that never crossed my mind. And also, like, these files would have been, like, 128 kilobytes per second. Crunchy. Oh, my God, and I put, like, reverb on the bass. Like, I don't know what the hell I was doing. I still don't really, but, yeah. I didn't realise you were such a grime kid. Yeah, that's my foundation. That's literally uh, what I started out as, the grime. I had the R&B in that as well, hip-hop, but, yeah, grime is my OG. Never went to the nights, but making it and collecting records. The first records that I was really collecting was grime and then dubstep. And yeah, beats got into production through grime music. Okay, so do you have any gardening experience? None. I mean, I might have some from like play school or whatever. But I don't remember anything. Nah, I don't grow up with a garden. Were you in South Harrow sort of your whole youth? Yeah, pretty much. You know, like from two till when I went to uni, which was what nineteen or something. And where did you go to university? I went to University of Hertfordshire. Oh, how was that? There's some sharp stuff in here. Pass. Am I being a wuss? <laughs> no, you're not being a wuss. Okay. Have you got a little thorn in your glove? Yeah, there is, isn't it? Let me have a feel. I'm not feeling a thorn in here. No? I saw it. Anyway, whatever. 
Yeah, it's got baby hands, DJ hands. <laughs> yeah. Never done a day's work in your life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, how was North? Where was it again? Hot, uh, Hertfordshire. That was fun or not fun? Uh, no, that was awful. That was like some of the worst years of my life. Really? What were you studying? Uh, I did IT web-based systems. Oh, what? I know everyone's always like, what? No one expects that from me. I don't know why. Yeah, what? <laughs> why? Because <laughs> I was good at computers. I was just naturally good at them and I was actually interested. It just made sense. I guess that makes sense because you make music on a computer sometimes. Yeah. So it makes sense that you're like good at computers, but it's just surprising, you know, you're with where you've ended up, it's surprising that you did IT systems, I guess. Were you doing music <coughs> stuff on the side? Um, yeah, I actually made my first album that Scratcher put out like 11 years ago in my second year of uni. And were you going out a lot at that time? Oh yeah. I was also DJing, I was doing so much. This is also why it was not a great time for me. Because I was like going uni five days a week, working four days a week, and then DJing on the weekends and stuff at the uni raves, just on the grind. Is that always what you knew you wanted to do, DJing? Um, no, because I didn't, I think, still at that age, I kind of was like listening to what I was told right. or advised, and I was not advised to become a DJ right. by my DJ dad. Shit, was I supposed to take that out? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, good. Ooh. I was like, that's a lot. Is that weed? Um, that's interesting. Do I just throw it to the side? Yeah, chuck it to your side. Cool. That's interesting that your DJ dad said, don't be a DJ. Yeah, right? Such a hater. <laughs> what was Such his... Uh... I think he just knew that I was going to be greater than him. <laughs> <laughs> what was his reasoning? It's just not a particularly sustainable career, or...? I think so. There wasn't some, like, heartfelt speech or anything about it. I just remember him, like, being like, no, I don't want you to do that. Did you learn to DJ through your dad, or did you DJ on your own accord? Nah, I um, did a little six-week course at my youth club. Yeah. Um, what age is this? 13. It was six weeks. We did, like, one, you know, one class a week. Six lessons, and you learned. It was sick, though, because it was turntablism. And it was with this guy, DJ Blakey, who's like a scratch. I think he was a DMC, either champion or he entered it. And he taught us how to, like, scratch, juggle, beat match with turntables, with vinyl. sick. At 13. What's juggling? Juggling is when, like, you've got two of the same... Oh, there's a little wood lice. Uh, you've got two of the same records. It's like looping, basically, right. but with two records. So you would play, let's say, the first four bars of that, and then you'd, you'd have the other one queued up, uh, you, then you'd switch the crossfader over to that one, but then you'd quickly have to spin back that one and get it to the right spot so that you can switch the crossfader. And it's literally live looping, but with doubles. Looking pretty sufficiently weed-free now, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. Yeah? I, so I was distracted by this. What is it? Bit of grass? Trying to figure out. No, it looks like a little grasshopper. Where? Yeah, yeah. it's grasshopper. Is it? Yeah, let's make it jump. I didn't even know we had them. Yeah, we've got loads, hang on. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's mad. I did not know we had crickets. Yeah. I mean, grasshoppers. I don't know if we've got crickets, yeah. I don't know, what, what's the difference? Can you tell them? I was going to say city girl, but they know I'm from South Harrow, so it's <laughs> hardly, hardly the city. <laughs> it's the city enough. <laughs> um, okay, leek planting yeah. is a little bit different to other planting. So you plant the seeds at home, the seeds germinate, and they make these little baby leeks, and then we plant these into the ground. And once they're in the ground, how long till they're ready? <sighs> More months. Everything is quite slow on the allotment. So, okay, you're on your post-apocalyptic, this is the head start. If you start now, exactly. then you'll have, like, two lunches <laughs> for when it all ends. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the apocalypse. Go on. I don't know, it's Octavia Butler's fault, I think. Okay. Definitely from reading Octavia Butler. And there's, there must be something else, because I have been dreaming, like, most of my dreams 
They're kind of like recurring and it is that kind of vibe. Well, you're living in, what's it called, the Anthropocene, so that makes sense. Yeah? Yeah, you know, it's... What does that mean? I believe it's the period of history where humans have had tangible effect on the Earth. Okay. It's the era of finding out. Human, we fucked around and now it's the finding out. Exactly. Oh, hello. hello. Oh. Okay. Whoa. Parkour. Whoa. <laughs> what a handsome little cat. What a dramatic little guy. Yeah. <laughs> Flying across the allotment. At first I thought it was like a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, an orange and white cat just zigzagged across our path as if he was running away from a sniper. Um, okay, with the leaks, what we're going to do is I'm going to use this, traditionally use something called a dibber, but I don't have one, but it's just anything that's going to make a hole in the ground like this. So you're mm -hmm. just going to push this in, this, uh, the end of this little fork. Mm -hmm. We'll push it in quite deep. I might actually just quickly dig over the ground so it's a bit softer before we do it. Yeah. And then what we'll do is we'll take out these leaks. I'll show you. How are you with sort of like delicacy? I'd like to think I'm quite good. Okay, great, then you can do this job. I mean, it started on turntable, babe. Exactly, you're right. And uh, belt drives, not direct, so it has to have a very soft touch. <laughs> That's like it's proper true. DJ Neeks there. <laughs> 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 um, so what we'll do is take these out quite gently because you really don't want to disturb the roots. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to give them a little haircut. We're going to use the scissors to just cut off the top of the leeks like this. Yeah. So they're about that long. And then we just drop them into the ground when okay. I've done the holes. Okay, cool. Okay, so let me get something to, to do the holes with now. All right, cool. Um, yeah, this is going to be better. Okay, put the fork in the ground. Yep. All the way down. More, bit more. Yeah, but kick it harder. Yeah, good. And then yep. wiggle. Back and forth. Yeah, there you go. Mm. And then do pull it up. Oh, all right. No. Yeah. <laughs> you told me to pull it out the ground. Yeah. Move it up at like two inches, go to there, yeah. and just do the same thing again. You're All just right. loosening the earth so that we can stick something in it. Do you know what? I'm having You're flashbacks. I've it. done this. <gasps> Where? Uh, I, okay, so you know what? I haven't been in an allotment. I haven't done this before, yeah? But uh, in my old estate, in Hearn Hill, Dorchester Court, I helped start like a veg patch. Oh. Veg and herbs patch. Right, there you go then. Yeah, but then I stopped like soon after. Oh, right, well. Is that right? That's a sufficient more? experience. No, that looks great. Just would you to... say I'm a natural? I would say you're an absolute natural. I always had a feeling, you know? Now it's time to make the holes. All right. You're okay. going to do the holes, right? Yeah, I'll do the holes. And as I do the holes, you can tell me about what kind of music was playing in your house growing up. Oh, okay. So I lived with my mum and she would play, it would be a lot of pirate radio, like some UK garage maybe some jungle. And if it wasn't pirate radio, we'd be listening to her records or CDs or tapes, and they would be hip hop, a lot of Tribe Called Quest, and then Neo Soul in the like, later 90s. So when Erica came out, Jill, um, Jill Scott and Lauren Hill and that. Um, then some Broken Beat as well. It wasn't like, because uh, I'm Caribbean, my family's Caribbean, you'd expect it to be like reggae, everyone else grew up with, whose parents were a bit older, but my parents were both quite young. So it was actually more London, UK mm. dance music and hip hop and stuff like that. Sounds so like I would a, say contemporary. Yeah, music. it sounds like a very good musical upbringing. Oh yeah, it's sick, man. It's fully like a lot to do with the taste that I have in music now and my DJ style. And, oh, sorry, just pushing this into the ground. Oh, it's a bit dangerous. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit intense. Don't stress me out. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first DJ gig? Oh, I think, okay, it wasn't a gig, but like the first time I played out and there were some people and it's not in my living room, 
was for my godbrother's birthday and my godparents had hired the skate park under Westway and they'd set up some turntables in, in the middle of the skate park or whatever, or whatever. and I, I remember playing music there. How old are you? I think I was like 13 or 14. Wow. So I was fresh, I would have been awful, I think. Not awful, but a lot of clangs. Yeah, a lot of clangs, but I bet the selection was good. Uh, it would have been like 2000s R&B and hip hop, I reckon. But then, first proper gig, mm, I think I was like 15, and it was, we didn't even get paid. It was some like posh kid who was throwing under 18 raves in like, SE1 or something. And do you feel like you caught the bug for DJing at that time? Nah, I caught it way before. Really? I caught it as soon as I started like mixing at home on the turntables. And you just thought, this is what I want to do? Not really what I want to do. This is just like, I really love this. This yeah. is the thing that I am going to do every day and that I really enjoy and that I'm going to put all my money into, my little pocket money. Yeah, it was straight up a, my hobby. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd call it that because I didn't think of it consciously as like, oh, this is a thing that I do in my free time or whatever. It was just, I'm really obsessed with this thing. It makes so much sense to me and I love it. And you still love it? Yeah, I still love it. Love it. I don't, admittedly, don't mix at home as much as I did when I first started. Like, I used to come back from school and every single day I would mix for a few hours and I don't do that anymore. But I've got back into the habit of buying records quite regularly and that, that's definitely brought me back. It's about coming back to that, like, original passion. You know that thing when you first were in love with something and it was just like this, so much, like, energy that you're putting into it and intention and stuff, yeah. All right. Have you seen what I've done here with these leaks? Yeah, you've... Uh... So I've separated them. So, oh. so these are two little leaks, but they were together in the seed pot. So I took them out and I've just like gently teased them apart. So that's going to be your job now okay. because you say you're good at being uh, delicate. To tease them apart? Yeah, so okay, you cool. might want to take off your gloves. That's just one, in it? So I should take one that's got two. See, these, here's three plants. Yeah. And all of the roots are in a big like root ball. They've all tangled together. I would accept that you're going to have to sacrifice at least one of them. So I just Think. pulled that one out. Yeah. <gasps> Sorry. So violent. Sorry, but it's just going to make your life a bit easier. Okay. And then here's two for you to separate. Thanks. All right. So I'm not going to pull from the root. I'm just going to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, wow, look. Oh, I smashed it. Yeah. And all the roots are still intact, which is perfect. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Done. Okay, I'm going to give you another one now. And as we do this, maybe you could tell me a little bit about what you think you might be doing if you were not a musician and DJ. I'd probably just be doing some really annoying dealing with the public job. You didn't have a, a youth dream of like, I wanted to be, be a marine biologist. Yeah, I actually wanted to be an astronomer when I was a kid. Oh yeah? When I was like six, yeah, I was really into it. Don't know, I was very sick of school by year 10 or whatever. Year so you nine. didn't have a good time at school? It was cool, I had a great time at school, but it was just, I realized I, my attention span just went. When I was like 14, it just went. And it was very, very hard to keep up with stuff when you're like, want to look out the window. I wonder if it's like adolescence, you know, hormones and development and you sort of shift around and... Yeah, maybe that's when it kicked in. Or maybe you were just really not into something, you know? Maybe maths and no. whatever wasn't your bag. Even the stuff I was into, which was IT. <laughs> Sorry, it's funny to me that IT was your passion. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I'm like... A, I don't understand why everyone's shocked that I was some somewhat a of a nerd. <laughs> a neat, thank you. Neek. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got to be, everyone in music's a neek, especially if you make beats. What? You're a neek. True. What, to sit there for ages, you, you go through a snare, like different snare sounds for five minutes or whatever, like, or 
I don't know, it's, yeah, you have to be unique to do that. True. Can you tell us a bit about your music making process? Uh, at the moment, yeah. it is mostly hardware. Okay. What does um, that mean for the sort of a, a layman listener? It means that instead of using all the sounds that are in my software that I use to make music, it's mostly drum machines and synths and external bits of analog gear, physical gear that I am getting the audio from. And the process, I don't know, I think I usually start with drums or now that I've been playing piano, maybe some chords. Do you have an idea in mind of like what the final track will sound like? No. Cool. <laughs> Never. You're just going for it? Nah, it's a really annoying process that I have and it's like, um, there we go, Chas. Yeah, I've been doing it the long way. Look at that four though, oh, caught well up done. real quick. Well done, okay, now let's pick the best ones. Guessing it's the ones with the fullest head of hair. Yeah, pick, pick the thickest, leak, the one that looks most like a leak already, if you know what I mean. So okay. just pick the eight best ones. All right, so I'm gonna say this one. Oh, this one. Go on then, you. <laughs> <laughs> you can come. <laughs> Yeah, this one as well. Is that five, two, four, five? Oh yeah, got potential. And I think for the eighth... That one? No, no, I just wanted to look. <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> no. It's got to be that one. Yeah, go on then. It's just a bit bent, isn't it? Oh, 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 See? then, yeah. No, let's not have him. You're mm. right, you're right, you're yep, right, you're right. Yeah, one. you're right. The student has become the master. Yep, real quick. Yeah, nice. Okay, now we've got to give this. podcast these... now. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the keys, will you? <laughs> okay, this last job is going to be for you. Yep. See what I'm doing here? Dangle the leak in the hole. Yeah. Make sure it goes all the way down. Mm -hmm. And then have a little look at how much is peeping out. Yeah. And you want to cut it to about there. Oh, okay. So we're cutting quite a lot of the hair off it. I don't really know why. why. Oh. I don't know. I was hoping you weren't going to ask. <laughs> I don't know why. This is your job, and as you do it, can you tell us about formative clubbing experiences that you've had? Plastic people. Oh, really? Yeah, man. I went to Plastic People from when I was like, I don't know, 1920. So what's that? 20, 2009, 2010, and it was amazing. Yeah, like different nights, forward, all the other random ones. I remember one of the best club nights I went to. I remember just being like, this is the sickest night, and we just rolled up randomly. It was called like Mash or something. No idea who set it up, but. Anyway, yeah, plastic was, yeah, definitely um, my favourite and a very important one and probably shaped my kind of what I expect from a club and hope from a club. What's the first album you bought? Oh. Or was it stuff that your mum gave you? I was fortunate enough because my dad is a DJ and back then promos were all physical. Oh, of course. So I would get loads of CDs from him and records as well. But like the records would all be like 2000s R&B, so it'd be like B2K and stuff like that. Nice. Like that. <laughs> yeah, like here's three copies of B2K, bump, bump, bump. But uh, yeah, I can't actually remember the first album I bought. No, it wouldn't be Missy Elliott and that. It would have been earlier. It sounds like you had very classy musical parents. So did you ever have a moment where, I don't know, you felt like you rebelled against them musically? <laughs> Were you, did you get into McFly or something? And I bought like some Sum 41 and some nice. Papa Roach. Nice. And uh, I suppose that was not really rebelling because they weren't anti any film. My mum wasn't anti any music, but it wasn't inherited. And it wasn't around me. It wasn't in the family. It wasn't really with my friends. Yeah, mm. it was just a bit of exploration. Came from within. It did, I suppose. And from uh, MTV too. 
And then, yeah, when I got a bit older, when I was in like college, then I checked out, obviously, like Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots and what other stuff, I don't know. Got more into jazz, actually, than anything, I don't know. Yeah. Was that not something that came from your parents, really? Jazz kind of did. Jazz is actually what I listened to the first thing I would, when I was like, yeah, really young. I'd have to listen to Jazz FM to sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have such sophisticated musical taste and sort of general demeanour. Yeah, and I never got into like pop and that. I never owned even like a Sugar Babes album or anything like that. Like I, there's a lot of stuff that everyone else around me, especially being queer, I'm just like, no, I never got into it. I never did it because I was like collecting grime white labels when I was 14 and yeah, <laughs> taping off radio. Pirate. That's interesting. <laughs> Talk more about the queer thing. What do you mean by that? Like, so it's been quite funny in the last few years becoming a part of the queer scene in London and like quote unquote communities, whatever. And everyone being like bonding over L word, watching the L word and liking Kylie Minogue and even this is like black POC people who are DJs, people who only play like black stuff and like more soulful stuff or just not mainstream pop. But they all like love Kylie, love this, love that. And I'm like, no, nope, I never had that. I never, mm. I can't relate. I wasn't really into pop. Nah, I wasn't into it. Mm. Everything else I was listening to was just so much better. And I guess that feeds into like the music side of it also feeds into more general pop culture. Do you know what I mean? Like TV that people were watching at the time. Like, were you, a TV girl? I can't really imagine that growing up. A bit, like. but now I think back, it's my mum again. So what I really enjoyed watching as a kid was like Smack the Pony and Big Train. And definitely it's why I am the way I am, I think. Like my humour, it's this dry English wit. And it's because my, I was watching slightly more adult British comedies. Mm. Do you watch a lot of comedy and stuff now? Um, at the moment, I don't watch anything. No, I'm lying. I just started watching that word with my girlfriend, actually. Oh, what? So that you can be part of the conversation? Just because I tried it before and I was like, this is whack. I don't get it. I don't find any of them hot. The hair's awful. That's supposed to be the hot fuckboy one. Nope, none of this is realistic. <laughs> Where are the black people? I was like, nope, this isn't for me. And then, again, recently we tried and I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that. Big spider. What kind is it, though? Don't know. Interesting. How do you feel about that? Uh, fine. This one's a bit... Ooh. It's weird. Yeah. Where are you going, mate? It's coming right for you. It really is. Are you going to kill it? No, no I'm not going to kill it. it. No, no, no. Oh, my God, why are you making it out like I'm going to kill it? <laughs> <laughs> Literally have not moved an inch. <laughs> I think our leaks are planted. Do you feel happy with your work? I am, yeah. Because yeah. they're not too short. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I can't tape the thing back on. But, yeah. They're perfect. It's interesting. You leave the hole and then you put water in and it's sort of like, I don't know really what goes on, but you just leave them in their holes and then, yeah. and then you just get big fat leaks. Are you going to send me updates to my babies? A hundred percent. I'll send you the leaks when they, when they grow. Oh my gosh, yeah. All right, Marley, thank you so much for coming. I hope you've enjoyed your gardening experience. I've loved it. Thank you so much, Flo. Like, who knows, this could be a crossroads for me. Yeah? I might stop doing soup to nuts now. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> just to uh, hoe to soil. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, thank you. No, I've been fascinated by allotments for a very long time. You can ask Little C, and I've finally been across the threshold. Thank you for listening to Digging. Today's episode was hosted by me, Flo Dill. It was produced by Lizzie King with Jennifer Walton on sound recording and audio production by Felix Stock. Special thanks on this episode going to Demetrius Malonis, and our theme music is by The Cleaners from Venus. 
This is the final episode of season two and I'd like to say thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed the series and if you did, as ever, it would be brilliant if you could rate and review us on the podcast app that you're using as it helps more people to discover the series. Hopefully we'll be back soon with more episodes. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.